You are listening to Let's Go, the weekly anime podcast about weekly anime from Dynamite in the Brain, the secret of the sale of madness. So come along and hang with the Let's Go gang. It's Dwayne. Hello. It's Niall. How are you? And it's me, Brian. And on this episode, we are covering the anime that aired the 10th of October to the 16th of October, 2021. And we're starting off this week with Fina, Pirate Princess, episode 10, The Curtain Raises on the Climax, as he goes to put the words in front of his eyes as opposed to off to the left. Uh, uh, it said the, said, said the name of the episode, Kobe, or whatever he's called. <laughs> yeah. uh, as Fina and the gang go through the easiest Dungeons and Dragons scenario ever. <laughs> but to be fair, <laughs> that someone does point out this seems a little too easy. Yeah, yeah, and it's the thing of um, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's an easy scenario, but maybe it's one of those like maps that it's just like let me just bring out all this thing. It's like, oh, now that's going to change it to this, and it, it's it's very impressive. It's a very impressively made dungeon, if not a simple one. Yeah, it's it's mostly a nice walk in the trees. It's like, wow, I never seen yeah. trees like these. Uh, very nice. Look pretty good for being under the fucking ocean all of these centuries <laughs> or whatever. Hmm. Because when they first come across the coordinates, um. It's a tiny island, but for no seeming reason, it, I was going to say it grows. It, it raises from under the sea. Yeah, and there's a whole yeah. um, ecosystem there that is, uh, that's not normal. That's not right. It's not. And the funniest line to me was when they say, is, are, are we sure this is the right place? I was, it's an <laughs> island which rose up from under the sea. I'm pretty sure uh, it's the right it's place. It's not the right place. We should probably explore it. It's uh, this is Atlantis. Cool. Oh, we should have taken a right turn at Greenland. I knew it. Uh, I think they meant, is this the right place on the island? The island is absolutely beautiful background drawings. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, I was like, I think the background drawings have always looked pretty good, but a lot of the time they're at sea, so there's no background. Uh mm so to speak but yeah it really outdoes itself on this episode with the uh the look of the island uh and they're being pursued by abel and the ship he's not in control of but he's basically in control of and yes your kobe guy uh appears to be repeating the similar lines to what feed is saying on the island so something odd is up very uh, ominous though it's all yes. falling into place kind of I saw some screenshots from next week's episode. He looks like he's taking a turn for the Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> I mean, it all seems pretty normal up until the end of this episode, so that makes sense, yeah. Uh, yeah, and what is on the island? Well, if you've ever lost a piece of treasure throughout history, it's here on the island. That's handy. That's always in the last place you that. look, yeah. Hmm. yeah. All flown down to the same sinkhole. I liked how the... Um, the way the the massive treasure hoard was represented because it wasn't like a kind of smog ginormous impossible pile of gold it was like there's all these little alcoves filled with gold and they're spilling out onto the main floor and i was just like okay that's yeah that's all right and where possible i, 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 I appreciate that there was an actual treasure of a gold in there and things because right? i know we're going to like yeah, a very strange yeah. and like you know like forbidden hidden fantasy land but also yeah loads of gold and chests and cards. this is supposed to be about pirates it's not let's forget put some of that imagery in there yes when the, when the twins said that said there was enough gold to like swim in i thought they were going to like try and scrooge mcduck and injure themselves but no they just sort of roll around on it it's fine yeah they can scrooge mcduck um yeah they walk, have to walk through what appears to be the library of alexandria uh on the way there 
Uh, but it was you... underwater, so it's not doing great. <laughs> mm. Um. And yes, the the sword she tells. I was as they were going through this treasure. I was like, "Come on, guys! Remember what you're here for." The sword, and she tan thankfully does remember what they're there for and does go and find the sword. Yeah, he's very focused on the goal, whereas the rest of them are, I mean, like distracted by the crazy island, but also it's like, "Hey, did, are those two smooching? Mm, let's fucking <laughs> let's let's look over our shoulders at that." And that's their constant distraction as well. Yeah. Yes, uh, you big lad, giving them a gentle nudge. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> Fida is oblivious to Yukimaru wanting to uh, help her in various ways as they're taking this journey, because she seems to know exactly where they're going again, but not in a creepy way like last time. No, no, he's he's trying to give her a hand. It's like, uh, let me help you down. It's it's a slightly high ledge. She's like, no, I can take it. He's like, I'm trying to be fucking chivalrous here. <laughs> oh, well. It's only creepy when they get to the uh, the original Dance Dance Revolution, and she gets blasted by the memories of uh, Joan of Arc. Um, and this is the last part of the song that they discussed a couple of episodes ago. She's got a dance on here. And... Yeah, so she's, she's been doing like an you know, old dance moves, like you know, just like leaning over at a forty-five degree angle. Yeah. Like you're pretty good at dancing, Fina, but are you this good? <laughs> and the dance she'd learnt as a child is the dance that she needs to do on this chessboard essentially giant chess stone chessboard which then makes the various uh square segments rise up into a staircase into following a, the word of a, god another dimension uh, yeah it's like there on the ceiling there appears to be rippling energy water or something and they're like okay that's a portal, that's portal right. heaven yeah, and in the meantime, the British have invaded, so um, everything's going to go to shit. <laughs> yeah, and so I like, like the lovely like song uh, playing over the whole dance sequence, and Yuki Mara is joining in with the words. This is this, this beautiful moment, and they're, they're, they've established a beachhead. They're storming it with bayonets at, at the ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a nice contrast. Yeah, yeah it's. I think, uh... I think, I think, I think some warm fit ups too, lads. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's a nice, fast moving uh, story. Mm. Uh, and yeah, while I was like, oh, we got here pretty quickly, I, I don't think yes. they really needed any more peril, did they? Really? I think any more peril would have been manufactured peril to stretch yeah. the story out. Yeah. yeah. Is it just, is just a little bit, you know, uh, with the whole Fina on the boat and then we got to get her off the boat. It felt like, no, that was maybe a bit too long in the middle and we were a bit kind of deprived then of maybe like an extra like location in this globetrotting adventure. So it feels like mm. it's a bit, a bit sparse in that midsection. But it needed to go there so we could establish like, I guess, our, our villains or the other side of yeah. these people looking for this treasure. So yeah. I think yeah. the only thing it's not really done over the past few episodes is remind you of the threat of Sheetan's brother. Yeah, that's definitely hanging there, but they've not brought it up. Yeah, you are ninjas though, so he's going to sneak up on you. <laughs> sure. Uh, but yeah, overall, good episode. Really loving the series. Absolutely solid. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Then we've got The Vampire Dies in No Time, episode two, which has three stories in Assault Mr. Fukuma, Falling Like Flowers in Shin Yokohama, and Kang. Can- can a bang on the wall kill him? I want you to add the G to the Kang. Uh, Kang? Kang a ban? No. Kudos the bang on the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, as I, I mean, I appreciate that it's not stretching out a gag. It will just add yeah, more yeah. stories. 
to fill the yes. time. And uh, even though even they've switched around in a different way, it now becomes just more detention is fun because trying to bang on the wall to turn him into sand to hide him. It's just like, but I can't see if it, that did it or not. Usually, if he, <laughs> usually like a thumbtack will do it, but then like an old <laughs> sudden shock to the wall do it. I don't know. So they yeah, use it in a different way then. I do, I do like the recurring joke in, in anime and manga where, because obviously it's it's made by creators and the most evil person for a creator is your editor. Oh, and yes. just, Mm-hmm. I, 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 even though I've seen that joke so many fucking times, it's still great. Yeah, and it's still good here. Yeah, particularly because they've introduced the character in the opening credits over the past two episodes, so you already know what the character is. You just don't have any yeah. context for him, and so you're slowly getting the context for him at the start of this episode, and then it makes mm. because you already know. Oh, he's a guy who's carrying around a battle axe, and he's the editor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everyone in this publishing off. company is a master of it's... one form of weaponry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it's required. It's like you, you need five years experience with a, with a short sword before you can even get in yes. as an intern. So yeah. the story of the first part is Ronaldo is supposed to have delivered the manuscript for the second volume of his memoirs, and he has not even started it. <laughs> He's been busy. I, I mean, like, it comes after... Um, a vampire is complimenting his book is actually this is a good fucking read real page turner he's like oh you're fucking just trying to butter me up here do you want this specialty milk i got you know just like yeah he's actually very easy to butter up uh yeah so my favorite joke of this part is the bit where john dresses up as ronaldo to sacrifice himself so the other two can get away um (laughs) (laughs) uh very simple visual gag but yeah it works because a cute little outfit, so where do you get all of that from so quickly? Yeah, exactly. And he's a fun character design. And just the these sounds which sound a bit like yes and no that he makes uh, in response mm-hmm. to things. Um, however, yes, it is, I guess, do you need two stories in a row which appear to have gags about the male fear of castration? Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure about that, but... Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I, I felt like they yeah. did a different thing with it, where he's like a vampire penis that is a chrysanthemum or something. Yes, I can't remember what the second color. one works better because it's just so yeah. weird, and it's like with yeah, it's because the second story for me, like flowers in Shin Yokohama is there's a guy in a mask who's part of the vampire research. Are they a society or an organization? I can't remember. It seems to be within the hospital anyway. Yes. It's like this yeah. legit fucking thing. So. Uh, hmm. And apparently he he done something to this vampire who we then... What's his name? I want to call him Nudodendron, but that's a better name than he's got. Uh, yeah. Uh, Zenra something is. because he's... Zenra is he's here in the nude. Uh, yes. Yeah. There it is. I thought he was like one of those, like, I was one of those, like, or like, you know, I'm a a traditional, like, you know, vampire of an ancient noble lineage, and I'm like, this is like a vampire that was made in a lab, and it's all weird, and it's got tentacles and crap. Yes, but the gag is that that apparently is not the case. They just give him some uh, fertilizer, which then caused his flowers to grow more, and then they've got him strapped down at the end, and old ladies are plucking his flowers, presumably to sell them. So that's where they get them all season. Yeah. I, I I just think like the the torture of him being like doted on. It's like oh, isn't it coming in well? Oh, look at his yes. little wiener. Oh, that's lovely. And I, I thought that was a very funny like demeaning thing to do for him after chasing people and trying to get them yes. to eat his seed. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I like the three kids. Again, it just sounds yes. nastier the more you think about it. Yeah, there's three kids who take... Because Drauks wants, his, wants, his, wants a wage, uh, hmm. which Ronaldo finds hilarious because he doesn't do anything. He just... Spun, um, sponges off him all the time so he's determined that he's going to help track down this vampire and he ends up so i mean like initially it's it's uh ronaldo meeting up with um what was his name iron arm something yes or other. yeah oh that dude yeah yeah and he was like oh your your buddy just like put up a dummy of himself and then left and he's like you should have said something he's like i, I thought that was normal <laughs> I, I didn't know he's initially trying to skive off the work but then as he's attacked by children he's like i'm not the evil vampire i'm a good vampire oh wait, there's the evil vampire okay i'm now i'm the good yes. vampire now i will try and yes. earn my wage which i don't get uh i don't know that two of the three kids just leg it and leave the other kid behind <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that seems about right uh Oh, I just remember another favorite, another good gag in the first part is when Ronaldo picks up uh, Drauk and throws him in Fakuma's eyes. <laughs> yeah, pocket sand, an entire vampire. Mm. Uh, uh, it, how do they defeat him? I can't remember. How, oh, Ronaldo shows up at the end and grabs him by his flowers and smashes him into the ground. She puts fucking six bullets in him. <laughs> yeah. Say, what do you do, vampires? Fuck him up. Yeah, uh, like we did see our, our boy Dralk kind of saying, um, it was like, oh, I'm going to try and bite him because the superior vampire's bite will take over the inferior vampire. And I was like, what possibly makes you think you're the superior vampire, buddy? What yeah. I appreciate about Dralk, though, is that, yeah, he's weak as shit. And if you fucking slam a door too hard, he'll like get shot and turn into sand. But he's not a coward. He'll, he'll still yeah. get yes. stuck in. Or he'll still decide to try and like, shout them down with bravado. Um mm. Yeah, and, just go to key, just always like regenerate on a sand no matter what, uh, unless you put him yeah, into yeah. a bucket and, and put a lid in it or something. But yeah, he's uh, not afraid yeah. of dying because he's going to come back in like a minute. But yeah, yeah, he's overconfident in his own abilities uh, as a vampire. That's true. Uh, and then kind of bang on the wall, kill him. Is uh, he's thinking? He mentions that oh, it'd be nice to drink some blood. Don't worry, Ronaldo. I'm not going to drink your blood because Ronaldo stubs his toe. Because he's leaving his coffin lid all over the place. Because <laughs> he's he's because he's a slap slovenly vampire. Yes. Um, that's a very funny bit. He's just too busy playing his game console. And so it's like, oh man, I could go for like you know a beautiful young virgin's blood. That's that's that that'd be just the ticket. That'd hit wow. the spot for me. Um, if only I could find a hot young lady to to bite. It's yes. like, oh well, uh, the police are at Ronaldo's door. He's like, you. I didn't do any crimes. <laughs> the, the vampire police are here. We're just with the special vampire units associated with the We're regular police. We're inspect your vampire to see if it's in like a threat. Basically, Does, is your vampire spayed or neutered? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a license for that? <laughs> and he's like, "Don't worry. Once you see him, you, I, you, I'm sure you'll see he's at earthworm level vampire." Yes, I, uh, I guess an earthworm it it eats the earth. Is that vampirism? I don't fucking know. Uh, hmm. But then he remembers. Oh no, he just said a thing which would. Get him into trouble. If he gets in trouble, I get in trouble as well. I'll take away my vampire hunter license. So mm. I've got to kill him before she can <laughs> meet him. <laughs> got to kill him in the next room without going into the next room. And uh, yeah, he tries various. Dis- he, he tries to bang the wall, which. Um, and then he tries to do this weird dance, shaking the floorboards. And then he gets John, pastes John's belly with garlic paste. <laughs> Rolls him up in a ball and throws him into the next room. 
where it deflects around. He gets it wedged just in that spot between the ceiling and the top of the kitchen cabinet where, like, it's just the perfect size of the ball to get wedged in. There's all yeah. little spots on a building. I, I had forgotten that that was a thing since I was a child. And that was a thing that would happen when you play with a ball indoors. It's like, ah, shit. Okay. <laughs> but in this time, it's it's John, which is even more of a threat, I suppose. Uh, which the noise causes Drauk to come out. And he is perfectly charming. And our police officer immediately falls for him and has to run away in embarrassment. Yeah. You gotta wonder, is that vampire hypnosis? Or did he just have this... The moves that he had the game to pull that off. He's being a gentleman, yes. like as he as he says, it's like, oh, maybe if this lady likes me and it's a mutually beneficial relationship, she'll give me a little of her blood. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, and then he leads against the wall, dislodging John and kills himself again. <laughs> John is, is, is dismayed at this, this as much as I never did. What kind of moves? What look what you've made me do. Because initially, like, his plan with John was, like, he says, hey, John, do me a solid. Go in and punch Drauk and kill him. With you. <laughs> and John's just, fucking no, dude. I mean, well, in as much as an armadillo can say, I mean, familiar, no. <laughs> so he's dismayed at having yeah. killed his best friend in the world. Uh, uh, I did enjoy this, but I have to say, due to the thing we added this week, this if I don't have the time, this is going to be the thing, uh, which we'll probably get... I, I, I get what you mean. Like I, I was happy enough with the amount of jokes and and even like the ones that fell flat, like fucking two jokes about dicks um, that weren't great. Um, it, it was just kind of like, eh, it, it had enough jokes in there that I, I felt like it kind of came out well, okay. I was thinking of it as, okay, we're going to have this adapted stuff from the first volume of the comic, let's say. Mm. So that's going to be, okay, here's all like your very, very juvenile shit that you want to get out of your system. And then... But where else are you going to go? And we'll see then if you keep on that track, yeah. if you got more in you. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah, it's not so much necessary judging on its quality. It's just the the thing added this week is of such high yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. Yeah. Well, think about this, Fifth. Phoenix will be over in, in, in a couple, so you could always sub that's it back true. in if you Hold want back to. In, and that'll, yeah, easily catch up. Mm-hmm. Then it's the new thing that I was talking about. It is Ranking of Kings. Episode 1, The Prince's New Clothes. I feel like they should be called it Rankings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Ranking or, of Kings or is... Or King Ranking. Or, uh, I don't know. I feel so like there's a, there's a more succinct way to say that. Yeah. No, it's just Osama Ranking. There's no like even clever, clever pun in the Japanese title. So it's just... You know, Fair enough. Yeah. It focuses so much on making a very charming fairy tale story which has been brought to glorious life. Uh, yeah, this is uh, fucking beautiful. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, that, my literal complaint is the title. See all that? <laughs> you can go there. Uh, so with this, we are introduced to our two lead characters, uh, Boji, who is uh, the first prince of Boss Kingdom. Uh, and he is lacks power. And is uh, deaf, and he runs into Kage, who we learn is the last surviving member of a clan of assassins. Some and sort of weird shadow monster, basically. Yes, yep. is a weird Very yokai watch esque. Yes, because uh, you see him in the opening. I was like, "What am I even looking at? Is that a flattened beetle?" And it's <laughs> just like I watched the show, and it'll explain. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm good. Yeah. That's all I need to know." And the the the. The start of the story is that Kage holds up Boji for his clothes 
but also in doing so discovers that he can understand Boji's speech and mm. Boji can understand can read his lips uh, kind of weird his mouth appendage yes uh. yeah so not only can he lip read but he can weird hercules beetle type pincer uh, mouth re- lip read yes. as well yeah. he's very he's very good at it you know mm-hmm. so just he seems to get used to the to the you know whoever's talking to and it's fine um, and I, I really like that scene like on kind of um on rewatching it because i did rewatch this um where he's initially like you know your man's trying to hold him up it's like what you can't fucking hear me you can't talk and he's just like uh, like he, he doesn't even make any noise um at Kage because it's, it's just like I know people don't like it when I make noise at them um but then when it when it, once he realizes Kage oh you can understand the the speech that he makes um he wants to be best friends with this weird shadow monster who keeps robbing his fucking clothes yes tells you to bring back more expensive clothes each day and uh with that their friendship blooms and he follows them to the, Boji to the castle, and then we slowly get this first episode introduces you to the rest of the cast. We've got his mm. half brother Dida. Uh, we've yeah, got... uh, this, he, like she's he's the son of the the new queen, so I presume the old yes. queen, uh, Boji's yeah. mother, has died. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, like the, the king who was you know uh, taken taken to his sickbed is still some kind of 30 foot tall giant yes. and you see in, in, in like the little memory that he said Bochi has that his man was also some giant uh, yeah. but even even for like the child of giant he's still only like a little this wincy dude yeah, yes. yeah he's, that's, that's quite nice you know there's nice little things like little shots where like here's a giant hand he's like gripping onto the little finger as they go for a walk It's mm. he's pinky swearing with his mother to be the best king he can be yeah yeah uh, Hilling who is the second queen uh, and there's a whole load of. Uh, there's like the guy who's best at swords, the guy who's best, best at lances, the guy who's best at shields, and the guy who's best at snakes. snakes yes, snakes. <laughs> he does seem to be very good at snakes. So I, it's like, okay, yeah, I can't deny that. Um, but the, the sword master also speaks, um, I assume, Japanese sign language. Yes, to yeah. Boji. Um, mm. So he's translating for the queen. Not none of them, except for uh, our shadow monster, seem to know that he can lip read. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he, like, he's the guy who discovers, like, wait, everyone's laughing at him through town because he's walking through naked. I feel really bad about this because he knows everything they're saying about him. Ugh, maybe am I the bad guy? Ugh, I feel pretty bad about this. I'm not as bad as that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not knocking him. I'm just stealing his clothes. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, and so we, we, we meet Boss, who's uh, confined to bed with illness. Uh, and and... I, I, again, the, he's one of the few characters who like likes Boji. It's just like, I genuinely, like, it's like, I adore you, my kid, but I can't, I, like, I can't really, I'm not sure about letting you be king. Like, I need you to get stronger before you're king. Because yeah. there's no life for you. You're soft. It's yeah, not the yeah. bad thing that you're soft, but it ain't no thing for a king. It's a hard, hard road. And look where it yeah. got me. I'm fucked up in this bed. He's like he says he's the seventh strongest king, and it mentions like how happy your people are, how prosperous your kingdom is, and how much of a hero your king is. So if you're really fucking tough, you can raise up in the rankings. And this guy obviously was very tough back in his day. Yes. Um, mm, I did accidentally read a thing which explains why he was so tough. 
but uh, I assume okay. that, will, that will, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in the story down the line. See how he's so tough? He just wanted to swoop to fend off an entire orc invasion. He's you know? twice the size of a normal man. <laughs> it was like for an RPG opening cutscene in, in spectacle and scale. It was class. I think I liked about that is when it's like and a man appeared suddenly and fucked up the goblin army and then when all the people are cheering and everything he's kind of like you know hand behind his head it's like oh shucks people you know i was like okay oh, so he's oh, not oh, oh. conceited about it that's that's pretty good yeah you, even in the action he bits it didn't lose still that that kind of kind of rounder softer story but charm yeah there are yeah. orcs but you could, you could tell this is like like a very picture book uh story it, it's it's trying to trying to keep on and everything mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's based on a 2017 web comic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's little, like little bits with the the sword, the guy who's teaching Boji swords, and he's like, he's the he's the one who can do the sign language, but he's also frustrated because he's having to teach this kid who has no power. But there's one of the guards; he knows better. Because when at the end of the episode, when Boji challenges his brother to a sword fight after uh, his brother has challenged, uh, is it Domas? I think is the uh, the sword swordmaster. Swordmaster, yes. uh, and he's frustrated that he's lost at the swordmaster. Uh, but it, the... it's a couple of things, like because obviously his brother has challenged the swordmaster. He's like, I heard this kid beat the, like one of the guard captains, and he's yes. like, I'll put him in his place, and he's like. Holy shit! This kid's got talent. I actually, I'm going to try and fight yes. him, and he defeats Better the kid. He's like, I really want to train this kid. He's got genuine fucking talent. And I, if only I could teach him my style. Um, and it's not that... It, I've seen people giving out. It's like, oh, why didn't he stick with the, the first prince? Why didn't he stick with Boji? He's like, because he's, he's, he's a big, strong guy trying to teach a small child his style of swordsmanship. Where he's like, no, that kid's got his own fucking talent, as we discover. Yeah, he from a piece of and said, I'll take, I'll take it. I don't know, problem. You know, I think it's just him being his usual accommodating self. But mm. no, he has a fucking ultra instinct, you know. <laughs> I just like I may not be good at fighting, but I'm pretty good at fucking dodging and and reposting. <laughs> and he, I mean, like it's not a, like a hard hit, but he lands a clean hit on his brother, basically like cap with the with the stick, with the training sword. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it. Um, yeah, mole is the uh, the the guard who uh, saw the time when Boji escaped many snakes. You just dodged all those snakes and got the fuck out of there, as you should. Um, and speaking of dodging snakes, Kage has um, gotten found in the castle by the lead snake wrangler. Yes. <laughs> I wish I remember what the jobs were. Yeah. And he's like, he's... oh, you're one of them Shadow Clan assassins. Who are you here to kill, huh? Um, and it's like he does stab with the shadow guy in the hand, but he stabs him back in the hand using, but I think it might be his only fucking knife. Yeah. Well, you could have a lot of knives just from inside his, could have a few. his form. You could just rip them out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um... Yeah, it's Bevin is the snake charmer. Uh, yeah. Apis is the uh, king's spear. He's watching this on the rooftop standing on top of his spear. Uh, <laughs> so you can get a good view. <laughs> I did like all the guards kind of going, it's like, hey, the princes are fighting! Prince, fight! Prince, fight! You know, they're all checking it out. Uh, yeah, Queen's Shield is Drushi, the bold one. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like there's some other characters who aren't in this episode. There's four more characters on the website. Mm. Um, oh, the, 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 there's the Queen, the, the former Queen, uh, but then there's that. They, they're not in this episode. 
Nor is the king of the netherworld. Um, <laughs> you got to build to that. <laughs> yeah. Nor the king of the netherworld's little brother. Um, so I guess they'll probably be some sort of mirror to uh, the two brothers above ground. Mm. Uh, but no, this is absolutely fantastic. I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. I guess this is up there with Sunny Boy on Taxi and Pui Pui Molkow for me. It's like it's it's insane how quickly this has shown up for me as well. Um, just just the sheer fucking quality of it. Um, just gorgeous looking, fantastically done. Like really, like it manages to be quite sentimental without being like saccharine about it. Yes. Um, yeah. And like again, a positive portrayal of disabilities. Um, fantastic. All yeah. Right. It would like you know, I just say not being saccharine about it. would be easy to have it be. Oh man, he's he's got like everyone's looking down at him. He's got to deal with so much. He's just fucking getting on with it because he's you know. He is kind of looked down upon, but he's not fucking stupid. Uh, he's taken yeah. all this in, and like he's responding to it in his own way. Um, and that's fucking really, really appreciative of the, the, the tact, I suppose, the approach to that. Yeah, yeah. It's like when Kage sees him crying for just a moment in his own room while while changing into some clothes. He's kind of like, um, mm, okay, I I feel bad for this fucking kid because he's just putting on a brave face the whole time. He's not he's not an idiot. He knows people what people think of him, but he's not gonna let it fucking change who he wants to be, basically. Um mm. just yeah, and it just needed to do that for a moment and make me feel very bad for the kid. Um but like it didn't dwell on it. Yeah. And just like any off one saying, oh yeah, like he's just can he can navigate like social situations and always like a great degree of nuance and subtlety. And also, he just says he does have the fucking moves, you know. When he, like, you know, just because it's all based on strength and skill and power, it's like, yeah, but there's other things to it too. <laughs> there's other things that determine the ranking of a king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's thoroughly fairy tale like, which is why it's between this and Feed a Pirate Princess. I've, it's like two disenchantments done so much better than disenchantment. <laughs> I mean, like it's the shadow monster that really makes that comparison. It, but as well. it, yeah, it's yeah. not just that. It's like the and then a lot of the shadow monster is the thing which is that's a better shadow monster. Is isn't just <laughs> isn't but yeah, isn't just uh, fairy tale tropes because I was like, yeah, oh, there's true. also a stepmother, there's also a stepbrother, but then again, mm-hmm. they're very fairy tale folklore. Take them off the list of uh, uh, reoccurring uh, themes across mm-hmm. the, the world's folk tales. Uh, there's just going to be there. But yeah, it's like, they're within a year of each other. This came before Disenchantment, but I'm sure there was no copying. I'm sure it's just uh, simultaneous. Um, just the uh, right people time. People arriving at the same idea yes, at the same time. It's the right yeah, time for yeah, Shadow yeah. Monsters, uh, who appear to be evil, but actually have a heart of gold. Um, but yeah, unlike Disenchantment, this is not obsessed with writing in a form that feels 20 years old at this point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish so so frustrated about this enchantment is it's like it's almost there. It's almost it's almost a modern cartoon, but it's not quite. Yeah, yeah. it's funny then seeing how much like ranking, ranking of kingdoms of gold is very like, kind of fairy tale atmosphere, which that feels classic. But what it's doing with that, uh, it feels um, yeah. innovative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question about this though, and I, I couldn't tell at times. Is this like all CG or partial? I couldn't tell either. <laughs> it's it, like, that's how fucking good looking it is. It I, is. I was just like, that's that's amazing. Ah. I could see the times of Kage, but then it's like, oh, I, I actually don't know. Uh... Yeah, yeah. 
the, the, um, the backgrounds do a good job of that. I think just like, they do. And, and it's a moving to that back to those backgrounds. You would, but I, I'm fine. It looks wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was wondering where they got to the sign language scenes. Uh, with I assume that was CG. Yes, but I was wondering if that seem... influenced the choice to go with CG just to get it accurate. Similar to how yeah. once Beck had, who, I don't know whether they came up with the software or they started using the software of like for, uh, for, we, for musical purposes. Yeah. Yes, for making sure the right uh, chords are played on the guitar um, mm-hmm. for any particular piece of music. Um, yeah, I was like, maybe that was why they they chose it. But yeah, it, it never feels it never feels like it's. And now the CG bit. Now uh, for the bit that's done cheaply, it's like no, it it does not feel. Um, talking, you, you of, don't feel short shifted. Talking of, and now the CG bits. Sakagan episode two. Good day, <laughs> goodbye. I'm uh, fine if it's just the robots. You know, it's just the robots and the monsters and the three D printed monsters. Um, mm-hmm. Which I was like, when they get to the monsters and they say, "Oh, they've got those cables," I was like, "Is that like a reference to the support bits you have to put into three D printing?" Oh shit! I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, 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 the struts and everything. Yeah, could yeah. be. Uh, I doubt it's this. I'm probably just reading into it and reading into more. Just like, oh, a big, a big horned purple monster is which got like wires took into it and it can only run for a bit on its own battery it's like oh this is a sneaky haven or if you want to read it that way well, it could be this but it turns out what he believes these how the kaiju behave is not how these two kaiju behave they ignore all the I, rules he'd got in his head i like how confident he's like okay here's how it goes like once you get them to cut the cables then they only have so much battery left in them and it's just like and also they're stupid and they just wreck whatever's in front of them so all we need to do is run the fuck away and we're fine it's like nope and no, and us. everything you know is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're locked onto us. They got a vendetta against us. I'm not sure why. I, I loved in the in the opening, but actually the um when they're booting up the robot, all the, the software kind of going by, and a bunch of it needs um like it's like hey the, the left right the left back leg boots booster needs uh its OS needs an update and it's like, you know, uh, all the all the bug fixes and he's just there, yeah, you just punch it to make the machine work. It's like, no, that's not we're still gonna need to run a couple of fucking <laughs> I haven't turned this robot on in ten years. You know, it's yeah. two I'm versions now, behind, two oh, yeah. behind. I'm now trying to remember which show I saw which did that first. Um, oh, it's, a, it's a good joke, though. Yes, where they can't, they can't get they can't start the fight because they've got to update the uh, the software for the robot uh, before they can. Well, um, you know, well when when did Godzilla singular point do it? Yeah, I'm thinking of like a decade ago or something that I saw somebody do it. Uh, the last uh, time I saw what? something similar was in um is in the last episode of Lower Decks where your man keeps getting pop ups as to update his his cyborg eye and he's keeping like later yes. later you know yeah. you can't keep going to guess, off to later. I'm gonna guess it's something like Die Guard where they got to gotta go assemble the robot on site before they can fight mm. it fight the monster. Yeah, I was thinking it was Die Guard, but I think it was a thing which reminded me of Die Guard rather than Die Guard itself. And oh, the thing after it's All gonna right. bug me now. I'm sure I mentioned it on Twitter, so I could just get it back through my own tweets and find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so they've got to get rid of the kaiju. Uh, they've got to stop the remaining team, Walsh's team, from throwing their lives away in vengeance against these monsters. Um, they've managed to tie up one of the monsters, and now they're waiting for Walsh to arrive and do the coup de grace uh, with his fighting robot. And they're like, he's like, yeah, Walsh is gone. It's going to be late. Yeah, we'll just take care of this, this kaiju now. And it's just like the kaiju shoots out those chests wires i don't know what the hell they are <laughs> it's lava, like a, it looks like. it's like a cable of lava uh yeah it looks like it um 
but instead of like grabbing anything like the other monster was and pulling itself, it's grabbing the other monster across town and pulling it over here. It's like, oh, that makes things a lot harder. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mem- Memapu's given the job of navigation, and they're, she, so they're going to, because she's figured out that they're chasing them, we'll lead them out of the colony into the mining area, but we've got to get out the gate. There's one guy on the staff and he doesn't have the rights to the, he doesn't have the right level of security. You to gotta give me your registry number and yeah. we gotta fucking sign off this thing before and it's like, we do not have time. Yeah. Two Zero, two, chasing three, us. fuck you let's open the gate. So the rest yeah. of Walsh's team make an ethical argument to opening the gates. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your family. You're right, you're right, you should open the gate. <laughs> We don't see. We don't know what it is, but you can infer uh, what you want. Now, how do they get rid of the what's Memphis plan? They drag him into oh, the like phone, a they lead into the quarry, and because yes. um, yes. uh, it was a nice uh, thing from Memphis because she's okay. Memphis, you're navigation. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. This is what, this is what you want to do is be America, right? Well, this is where you got is. You got to step up, or else uh, I'm just kind of going to rely on you. Going to trust on you. Like you could do it, you're a genius she, kind of thing. Which is kind of thinking as well, okay, I don't know how to be a marker, but I do know how to be a fucking badass worker miner. So I'm going to like mm-hmm. fight them on my turf and I'm going to like locate all of the, um, all the kind of the loads, all the kind of yeah. like uh, weak uh, fractures and focal points. I know we've been drilling here, here, and here. So if we set up the whole thing of... into one pit. Yeah. So she builds, basically very quickly builds a pit to knock them into. And there's a deposit of the, um, the explosive crystal that's in there, Ex- so explodium. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, and, and it's like, okay, we need something to blow up the crystal. And fortunately, in the back of the robot, in the boot, there is a uh, some fireworks left over from last summer. And um, you just lava bomb at them, basically, and they get praise and demerits for You did kill those kaiju, which is great, but also you did blow up a bunch of the mine. Yeah, just that. Um... <laughs> Gagumba goes to City Hall, I guess, and registers a temporary withdrawal of citizenship. I was like reading the legalese, and I was like, "This seems very bad. This seems like a bad idea." <laughs> yeah, it's fucked. I mean, like, if you die, it's not anybody's problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, Poo is upgrading the robot, and so she can reach the pedals. To reach the pedals, and it's now called <laughs> Big Tony. Did they explain Big Tony in this episode? Why it's called Big Tony? No. Okay, no. if you go to the web page, there's a oh. th- there's a bunch of four panel gag strips, um, mostly translated into English. There appears to be a few they've accidentally missed, but Tony was her sheep toy that she had growing up, which is in the opening credits. Oh, she still has that. She put it in her yeah. R2 packed bag for their journey. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Tony. So this is big, okay. this is big Tony. Big Tony, right, right. Like Tony, but bigger. Yeah, I get you. Essentially, and that explains the end credits where she's yeah. writing a chibi version of her is writing the robot, and her dad is writing regular sized Tony. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah the, those gag strips basically fill in from Memonpoo's birth to the start of the series. Cool. Uh, okay, looks okay. like the mob just. Gave birth and then left, um, and I assume I assume that's who Gagumba's talking about when he how we how, she asks how do you know so much about the kaiju and he says oh a friend told me about it. Mm. I assume that's going to turn out to be uh, the mum. 
Yeah, yeah. And I assume the reason why he doesn't want Bebe Poo to be a marker is that the mum's a marker and has disappeared exploring the underworld. She's more concerned with uh, exploring the underworld than raising her daughter. Which, yes. yeah, I, I, this is a kind of a standard trope about your drives and what what you live for, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see it now, Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, the music is also seems very inspired by Gurren Lagan of like, let's have this bit of music and let's add a little bit of sprinkle of rap into it as well. Uh, Ugh, yeah, I drill hands and just like, I'm, I'm not going to complain. It's <laughs> fucking rad as shit. Mm. I don't think the rap quite gels as well as the soundtrack of Gurren Lagan did. I really like the opening. But, but the rap comes in like in a moment of like, we've hit this emotional yes. high, now to kick ass, and then the rap starts. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's, I'm yeah. okay with that. It just, <laughs> it often seems like they're playing two records at the same time rather than it being a rap which fits into the music which is already playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like the mm-hmm. opening credits. I don't think we had that in the previous episode, did no, we? No, we did no. not. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of the CD models here, so you need to just like get on board with what they're doing it or not. Um, I didn't think that while the monster, while, while these monsters at least were a little bit on the plain side, I think they think the robot is fine, and you know it's got a nice little thing where it changes in, in, into the car mode, and that's a nice little thing. And mm-hmm. um, if I if I gotta say it, it's like when they actually first were going out in this, I thought for something that's been kind of been sitting there gathering dust, you know, it's been busted around for years. It, it seems like very clean and neat. But when Meryn Puka does her upgrades too, she's got she's got like a a nice comfy throw on uh, on her seat, and she's kind of customized her little arrangement. It's, it's made a little more, more homey. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it probably just had like a tarp over it. That's why it's not so dusty and anything. But yeah, just the way yeah. it kind of like the legs lie down, just to become the the tank tread wheels. I was just like, no, nah, this this feels good. It, it moves nicely between driving and hopping and the fact that the the wheels aren't solid and they can kind of bend and shit um just it, it made for good chase and action sequences so yeah i'm done that's, that's, that's what i could all with the state of their apartment let's say or what oh i have the higgledy piggledy way that the yeah the, the city is thrown together like you know like, oh a little bit of that so this felt like a bit like very neat in comparison but you know so it's going to be on the road in that thing for a while. So it'll probably make, make a mess of it uh, before long. And it'll feel like that. Like it's like more lived in, you know. Mm-hmm. The tension. <laughs> and then they leave and they agree that they're going to be, work, they're going to be partners, not just uh, father and daughter at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And then do we see another character? Oh yeah, when the word the word gets out about it, I sort of hear it. I hear it over the radio, over the DJ playing that DJ song. DJK, yes, yeah. Uh, and there was like a, a lady in a in a far off like minor case of phone series. Like, I haven't heard like no. Here's the name of like the Gagumba. I said the name I haven't heard in a long time. And she speeds off into the cabin, cool motorbike, yeah, probably yeah. in hot pursuit of this. Um, and they make a a kind of promise. They make that promise of like we're going to be partners on this. And we're going to do that thing you always wanted to do and become the the person you always wanted to be uh, at the graveside of the the guys, um, yeah. which is nice. That it's just like, yeah, I know they were there to be killed off and you know uh, kind of push these guys to it, but like it, they still care about it. And even their their team from before that captured the kaiju, they were there at the, the council office to register the debts, basically. <laughs> Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, no, it's like that is still significant, even if it's for characters whose purpose was for the plot to die. Yeah. 
And because we're underground, the graveyard is constantly set to a melancholy sunset wherever you go to it. <laughs> and then we've got Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, episode 53, Hadlar's Challenge, in which we learn that Vern is an even shittier boss than we thought. Uh, the only reason he don't let Adler back into the team after his defeat was so that he could sew a bomb into him. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well, it's gonna have an insurance policy. I've been in the Dark King game for a long time, let me tell you. Because, um, yeah, initially, like he's talking to Miss Fern, who I'm not even sure is in the opening, so I'm guessing Miss Fern's kind of out of it for uh, a while. He's no, there, he must uh, be there yeah. at some point. Like, yeah, yeah I, I thought I saw him, you saw him fighting um, the, the underworld blacksmith. Oh, uh, you might be right, yeah. so you know, he's yes. he's, you know, he's, 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 he's gonna come back out uh, because we know he's, he's, good, he's good besides making swords and handling them. So, you gotta yeah. get all, everybody in cipher when the actual, actual threat is revealed. But when he's um, yes. when he's talking to Miss Vern, he's like, "Oh, don't worry, they won't even see my face. They won't even get that far." And Miss Vern's like, "Oh, I'm very fucking confident." It's like, "Yeah, see, look, there's a bomb in him. It'll explode if they kill him. So you know, win-win." <laughs> if Adler gets him, fine. If he doesn't, kablooey, you know. And no, <laughs> no skin off my back. I got a whole underworld to go to. I don't give up. I'm gonna blow this shit up anyway. He's fine. far enough away that that gigantic explosion won't harm us. And also, I'm trying to destroy the world anyway. So you know, I might as well start with a big explosion. Yeah, well, he's not. He's not really voiced that, has he? It's just Baron has concluded once they. I mean, that's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, Though he'd also heard that from Kilvern as well, hadn't he? Um, Mm. uh, Yes. Before we get to that bit, they discover the bomb when essentially they're arguing over. Well, they're arguing over whether they should fight Hadlar one at a time or both together. Dies like we should fight both together, Dad. He's really fucking rock hard at this point, whereas. Baron's like, do you have no pride as a dragon knight? And so Dai's mm. like, okay, Dad, I'll fight him first, and then you'll see how tough he is and realize we're both gonna have to fight him. Like, yeah. I really liked his line of like, uh, if I could win with pride, I would. But our job is to kill the Dark Lord. This guy's just a fucking obstacle in the way, so yeah. it doesn't fucking matter if we roll over him. It's not a problem. Yeah, but do you think fucking Baron is see, you know, he's hanging up and all that for his like dynasties? No, we got a duty to fulfill. Is no. Yeah. Our fun pride has to fucking just take a back seat to that. Uh, by mm. the by, uh, we know they're good for her because like, they take care of the care of Fenbren in short order. So that's you know, yes. one chest yeah, piece. Yeah, sorry, we forgot to mention Fenbren immediately fucking dies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you should have got, got your eyes fixed, buddy. You know, that could have been a, a critical fault in your structure. Yeah. So when we cut back to the other chess pieces, they're kind of like, "Holy shit, fucking Fenbren died because he's um he's." guard thing also dissolves and they're like okay we better keep these guys here like like was our plan the whole fucking time they're like what we were trying to keep you guys here what the fuck <laughs> yeah so at the, at the same time both of them realize when we, we've each got fucking jobs to do here we're not, and we gotta kind of fun keep our lid in our pride and keep a lid in our probably in some cases our fear and things oh by the way uh Hyunko, what the fuck why are you doing out of bed how do you even get here it's like oh i gotta be here because i'm hard-boiled it's like fun oh just fucking stand around and look tough. Yeah. Actually, standing around looking tough is causes more pain in my body, so I may as well get stuck in. Hmm. Uh, pop out a nice bit of just like, ah, you can barely fucking move anyway. But it actually means a lot that you came here. Thanks, man. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like yes. it's a bollocking and a compliment at the same yeah. time. And it's enough to get Crocodile to break out of the uh, uh, bear hug he's currently in. 
<laughs> throughout this entire he's conversation. He's been bear hugged pretty much, yeah, the whole episode. And he's like, hey, big guy. The guy's like, oh, boom, in the face. There's a flip on him. Suplex. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hadlar explains that Fenbred must have been created by his negative emotions. Uh Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably why he went down so fast and disobeyed orders, not knowing that he was actually obeying somebody else's orders. Uh, yeah, he yeah. doesn't know that his moments of sickness are not caused by the being turned into a super being, but because of the bomb he's got <laughs> implanted in his chest. <laughs> uh, I feel like some of my organs are replaced. I'm pretty sure I had like a liver in there somewhere. You know, because I can't process anything I eat; it just comes right back up. It's really like, weird. Maybe superior beings have really shitty livers. I don't fucking yes. know. Um, but, like, it, it was great with Baron going, like, ah, this guy isn't so tough. And then, like, you know, Dye starts fighting him and he pulls a sword out of his arm. And he's like, holy shit, he's got a sword in there? Holy shit, he he's got jets. <laughs> Bullshit, what? Yeah, Baron's like, okay, no, I was fucking wrong. He didn't, see, like, okay, he had a lot of cool shit going on. I get you. Yes. but then they He also has a, as a, as a, a whip in his hand. A yeah. chain for grabbing you and Chains throwing sword. explosions at you with his other arm. Um, Very cheap, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they or, break... He breaks die free, and then they see after they damaged his chest that uh, oh shit, there's what it's they a ca- bomb. yeah, it's like a coal um, um, something. It's a, it's a dark core, you know, formed yes. from like you know the fucking the the slag from the very fires of hell itself. And we learn that apparently, even if we use forbidden magic, won't like to use these because it's too dangerous. Uh, and he's Baron has seen it in use before when he was fighting Vesla. The dragon uh, and Vesla used one on his own continent, and then decided he was never going to use it again because he'd have nothing left to conquer. <laughs> which is where Baron concludes, like, uh, okay, well, if if uh, Vern's willing to set one off, that means he has no interest in conquering the overworld. He only wants to conquer the underworld. So, yeah, and he said to die, he's just like, okay, be careful, like, be yes. careful shooting magic at him because that could set it off. And in the meantime, Hadar's like, right, I'm coming for you. Explosion, 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 yes. explosion. It's like, oh, fucking hell. He has no yeah. idea, does he? No, Ooh. it's, it's, uh, yeah, Hadler is now loaded with even more tragedy now. And it's a very interesting fight in that our two guys can't go hell for leather, otherwise, they are going to destroy it. essentially themselves, all their friends, and anybody else who's in the vicinity. And they're not Quite even going to get the guy they want to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it'll at least be a draw as well. I like the little wavering in Mr. Vern's voice. Like, he can't even believe that Vern is being this big of an asshole. Yeah, he's not saying, this is fucking crazy, yes. boss, but he's implying it yes. with his tone. Well, yeah. also, he's like, well, what's stopping this guy from doing the same to me at some point down the line? Yeah, yeah, I suppose uh, that's true. Is probably mm. the other thing. Uh, yeah, so Vesla is the is the character who's not in the opening credits. So mm. apparently, the stuff in this episode with Vesla is not in the comic, and some people were saying that uh. the dates don't match up with stuff they've said <laughs> previously in the show. But oh, they say yeah. it's thirteen years ago, and apparently, it should be like fifteen. People were saying because uh, that's mm. when. But I know it could be thirteen, I guess, because it's happened. It happened in the underworld, so this could be after Avon has driven everybody back from the overworld. Um, right. so, so the underworld is just two time zones under. So yes, it's exactly. A bit of difference, you know, it's different um, down there. Didn't think of that, did you? Yeah, I wonder if we're going to go there at some point doing this story. <laughs> well, it's coming to us, yes. uh, whether we like it or not. I think. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good. 
because I'm interested in like how an underworld continent works. Because I've never really thought about that in all my times of doing Dungeons and Dragons stuff. But quite often, because I don't really like saying stuff in uh, civilization, I just live under, yeah. under underworld. Uh, it's like where do you where do you say you, the caves? Where is the border on a whole a cave network start and end? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out that with Sakugan as well. Um, yeah, I did appreciate that he could constantly like just swing from the ceiling of the giant enclosed space that they were. That was if we can't go left, right, up, or uh, or anything, we can just go straight the fuck up to get away from anything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This great episode of Die. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that thing of the thing which Godagai talked about with uh, Dr. Hell just being the worst boss. It's like a, that's a great thing to have as your villain in these sort of stories. Because it's, it's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you've all had a boss that can manage to stay late and, yes. and lead an army of, of, yeah. of mecha beasts to destroy the photon laboratory. I mean, exactly. like it's. It's a tragedy of our times. Uh, talking of bad bosses, Mute King, The Dancing Hero, Episode 3, Rock and Rolling. Uh, well, by the end of the episode, I wasn't entirely sure that Seth is necessarily the one behind everything going on with Octink. Um, but uh, with this episode, Muteki almost turns into ink because if DJ's not around there to prevent him from turning into ink, He's just going to blindly wander into an octic trap. If if you if you're not aware of the um, the pitfalls of capitalism and um, all, all its various fucking things, like it's, there's nice places to go eat. There's some really nice restaurants, or you could just see. Oh, there's an ad on telly about a new restaurant. I think I'll go. I mean, yeah. if I would be suspicious that it's open in the same location where last week you were just selling fucking like smartwatches, you know, this business obviously doesn't nothing not, not last for you long here, so they can't be that good. Uh, also, the service is fucking terrible. Like he, he kind of goes there, and it's like, okay, here's where you go if you're already a member, and you get membership by going to this place, apparently. And if you go to the other place, the machine was very fucking rude to him. The automatic machine. I was just like, I'd be just like, fuck this. It's a concept restaurant. We're combining the tranquility of a sushi place with all the thrills and spills of a roller coaster ride. <laughs> Very true, Chad. He, he uh, does have to go there when he goes to the um, the uh, the restaurant for a third time. I didn't realize she was on the logo, which makes me only more suspicious of her. Uh, and she keeps giving him milkshakes. Yes, and he's like, "Oh, I'm still fucking hungry." Yeah, that's <laughs> the, that was the point at which I was very suspicious. Is the fact that he goes, "I'm still hungry." I was like, "Is that the reason why she's not feeding him in order to try and make him go to whatever new restaurant it is?" <laughs> she's trying to probably play Tom Tom to fuck off, but she, you know, customer service has to come top. So it's just like, please leave. It's always like a no to make. We also learned that there is a team in Neo San Francisco called the Fifty Waters. Uh, oh, and the and the aliens. Is it aliens? Is the yes, other aliens? Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, before we get to that, though, we get some more background as we head to the arcade, and Muteki, after scoring, uh, getting a high score, and then passing over to Haru on this uh, eggplant themed shooter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, is allowed to call VV. Uh, what is, is it? Was it v, VV? VV uh, Nissan. Yes. VV sis. Sis. Like, oh, sis, you, yeah. you you don't get to call me Big Sis yet because like you got to earn that privilege. And then it's like, I, hey, I, is I that a photo? 
oh, that's a photo of your dad, the mayor who's yeah. missing. <laughs> now you can call me Big Sis. Okay, I, I get that there was like, you know, a, 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 like, you know, a split in the family, you know, they went to different sides of the country, I suppose. So maybe like yeah. we're taking his dad up on everything that's going on with like his dad and his sister, but you would have maybe come down. He was a fucking mayor of the city at some stage, you know, when they heard it from your fucking your cousin or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, you just tend like he, everyone thinks he's really boring, and yet every single member of his family that we learn about each episode is infinitely fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, he just like got hit in the head that many times or something. He just can't remember any of this. It's a weird one because he mentions it to the lads at the arcade as well, doesn't he? That um, it's just like, oh yeah, you know, you one who does that TV show, the mystery solver, mystery solvers, or whatever the hell it's called. Um, yeah, that's my sister, and, he, and they're like. Like what the fuck? Like how do how are you in with so many like big things? Yeah, because <laughs> he wasn't aware. Mm. Pull the sword out of stone. Give it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the mayor's gone missing. He was saying something about an alien invasion and then disappeared. And Seth's like, well, he is my. F- he is my friend, but uh, he said a lot of dumb, weird shit. Yes. that I don't agree with. Yeah. Uh, also, the mouse was at the uh, the diner stealing some cheese. Or oh. that means they have food. There. <laughs> they do have food. <laughs> they at least have fucking cheddar. I know that. That's one. behind the door that they don't have to go into. So it's a staff only. But you can't go in there. You can't know we have other food. <laughs> That's where the food's at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, earlier in the thing, Seth was uh, sampling sushi, to which all of it was delicious. Um, it looked vile because it was all covered it, in. Weirdly, it looked vile, but like just people eating a bunch of nasty looking sushi. And we it's go, man, I could fucking go for some sushi. Yes. Uh, just squid ink past and while I'm squidding sushi. You know, it's, uh, it's the fact that it's still dripping in squid ink. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like you dipped it too long soy in the sauce. soy, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you do eat with your eyes too. Huh? That's the thing. I just It put me in the mood for it. I, I don't know. I think it was more so towards the end where they're actually eating what looks like fancy but nice sushi. Yes. Uh, Yes, because, of course, he has to... He runs into Suti King, who's leaving the restaurant as he's going in. He shows up to go like, hello! It's like, oh, you're just leaving. That's right. See you later. The water is going past my house, so I thought I'd get a lift home. (laughs) I fucking love that character. I kind of... Despite the fact they put him against like Muda King at the opening, I kind of hope he does nothing the whole fucking show because he's fantastic. I think it's going like, like a parallel adventure. You know, it's crossing <laughs> over just then. He's got a whole other like thing going on, and like yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Neo Portland. He's just here for the weekend. Yeah, well, I mean, the best bit was going yeah. into the iPhone shop and giving everyone high fives and immediately fucking leaving. Um, and yeah. that was the best, but this was also very funny. Yeah. He's a nice person, according to the website. Always at the forefront. <laughs> he's always at the forefront of trends. Uh, this brand quite... new restaurant that opened. He's fucking leaving right now. That's how fucking ahead of the game he is. He's the informed consumer about town. <laughs> uh, so yes, he always gets turned into ink, but then DJ shows up, uh, hits him over the head with the boombox, turns into Muta King, defeat the monster again. Uh, that's it, and then we get Muteki like doing the uh, Muta King dance when he's not Muta King. Hmm. He did mention to the the restaurant owner robot. I don't know what the hell she is. That it's like, hey, I noticed you're wearing roller skates. Do you like Do you like dancing? Um. Oh, he's so he to be is. An idol. Yeah. 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 Um. So I mean, again, him doing the Muta King dance, but kind of like just humming the theme to himself. It's like, okay, so it's, that's actually him. It's not. 
it's not possessing his body. It is him doing all the the sweet exact same animation that we see every yeah. episode. It may also mean like a like a different dance somewhere down the line because okay, it's three yeah. episodes then they are just gonna use the same thing over and over again. That's fine. If we're gonna give Sarah's anime a pass for doing the same thing, then we gotta give us a pass for doing the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but it isn't about that. It's about everything that leads up to that. The yes. ridiculous fucking uh, farce that ensues to get us to that stage. Uh, and then we see Anne, the secretary, checking in in a basement in the Octink headquarters where there appears to be all these vats of ink. And it was only at this point that I realised her hair is styled to look like an octopus. I assume they're doing something halfway, like, octopus good, Martian bad, or something like that. I don't know. Oh, like, it's always like, they're, in the original, they're, they're, there's good octopuses and bad octopuses. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be like the, the octopus from Earth are fine and the octopus from Mars are fine. No, they're both yeah, from okay. the same place. There's just a bad okay. bunch of siblings. and like the, the one octopus and blue ring octopus. Yes. One is very deadly. One is very cute. I, I, maybe I'm a I, I, well. Maybe I'm. I'm probably a dope. But uh, I only realized this episode that the DJ that shows up in the Muda King exact same song fight sequence um, is an octopus dressed as a cat. I was just like, oh, oh I thought yes. it was a cat with tentacles. And it's DJ. In 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 the old show as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's DJ. It's it's DJ. Yeah. It, no, it is DJ. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, like that that form basically. Yes. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah the the octopus, the psyche octopus in the original is a real weird looking compared to uh, DJ's form. But uh, mm. uh, yes, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, mm. I was like, it's just you got to give us a little bit slightly different of Muteki, Muteki almost falling into the trap this time. Um, yeah. Which makes me wonder if on the fourth episode it will change things up a significant amount more. Because um, it feels like that should be about the time to reveal something which isn't just another fact about Miteki's family. <laughs> it does appear that the Grand's in the next episode again, so mm-hmm. maybe they're going to go out on the town. Is she going to get him to wear that nice jacket you got him? Exactly. I assume That's so. Maybe, maybe he has to put on a jacket and then, like the scales will fall from his eyes and he'll, mm. he'll become who he's meant to be. Yes. He's wearing it on the website, so I assume he's going to wear it at some point. He's wearing it in the yeah. opening. You know, he's got the fucking yeah. the headband on as well. This is, yeah. this is the Neo-80s after all. Yeah, and mm. he's got big baggy socks and leggings and shorts over the leggings. Sure. It's kind of how I'll probably be I've been dressing whenever it's been cold at home during the pandemic. <laughs> Jeez, Are you dancing, though? Ready to break? <laughs> then, final thing this week. Lupin the Third, part six, episode one. Enter Sherlock Holmes. No that news. That got us again. So never off the air. As to whether it's Sherlock Holmes the third. Uh... Immediately, immediately, we discover that this is a direct sequel to Loop Out the Third Part Five, which I'm glad of. Yeah, um, it, it's inclusion of Albert, but it also does have. Um, I always forget him. Zenigata's assistant, uh, Yatta, I think. Yatta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he's... he's still in it as well, which is great. Yeah. Yes, Albert is undercover, disguised as Lord Faulkner. He's been caught by Sherlock Holmes. 
and Scotland Yard because he stole a poster from uh, Lord Falkland. Like it's movie or something? By the look of it? Hmm. Um, I did appreciate that we keep seeing like Lupin gang like looking in on this guy and he's like, oh, that's Lupin because he's got the... Um, uh, like the reverse of fallen arches, like his toes curl up basically. <laughs> and it's like no, it's it's Albert, his brother. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, but... His uh, ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Four G again, there was Albert. <laughs> <laughs> the other candidate for Lupin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's he's there. I'm not sure whether it's an official French Secret Service business or whether it's personal. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. know that yet, because uh, Holmes only whispers to him like, "What's a somebody from the uh, what's a French uh, does he call it a political figure or I can't, civil service? I can't remember exactly what he says. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe like, just says French official. His role yeah. A bit. yeah, might just say French official doing spy think, stuff yeah. in the UK. Um, Diplomats usually do that. Yeah. Um, don't normally wear rubber masks. And... <laughs> well, no, it's a style. Yeah. Technically, they don't wear rubber masks. Take the like, take a shop across from the place from the guy you plan on kidnapping and robbing, um, and just like do a whole fucking scheme. Yeah, but it was some like the bookshop he was selling. Like, only sold very specific books, like that no one would buy, so that would mean he wouldn't have any business. It's real it's suspicious. It's... Yes, I, I, I've heard how that. I've heard how that. Like, that can work. There's uh, yeah, this game bar in Japan, and like I've I've been there, and I know the mm. guy who who runs this. But then they crack down on video game bars. So it's like, what the fuck am I going to do then? Or classify yourself as a as like a secondhand game game shop. You gotta have consoles there to test the games out for the customers. These price the games like you know exorbitantly, like twice or three times the price, and then you know just get on with shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Yeah, see, this this his Albert's thing seemed like much more spy novel than Lupin normally is. Um, but I mean, like maybe that's how he does things. Yeah, it's supposed to be the contrast. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I think that is definitely where it was going. Um, hmm. uh, also, whatever he's up to is enough that when he gets away and he doesn't think he's, he gets shot, he doesn't think he's going to escape the police. He's willing to put a bullet in his head. Mm. Yeah, because this is like some oh, what is it like the Raven something or the like some Raven, secret or... yes, yes. A mysterious organisation particular... who've been yeah. manipulating hmm. uh, British politics since after World War Two. So, like, yeah, I think the reason he's willing to kill himself uh, at the end of this, he's like, okay, I'm fucking, they're gonna catch me and they're gonna do something nasty. So, death is a better option. But then Lupin shows up to to save him, and then it's like, okay, well, I'll pass it on to you, and it's your fucking problem now. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't get to pass it on, because Lupin just takes it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, yeah, Lupin just takes it, and then he's like, okay, not my fucking problem anymore, I'm going to take this helicopter and get out of here. Which did but make me wonder. Half of it yes. Because there's a massive fucking car chase causes acres of destruction. Uh, I did enjoy the car chase, even with the CG cars. Like, I've been in and around London enough, just as a tourist, but uh, that was just like, I feel like I have done that loop on foot mm. a few times. The nice thing about the car chase is that okay, all the squad cars, for the most part, they're like the kind of boxy CG ones. But yeah. weaving in and out of them, dodging in between them, was the like, uh, traditionally animated uh, Lupin getaway car. And then oh, I noticed <laughs> when when a police car slammed into something and exploded, and um, like I was like, someone animated that. That's fine. I'm fine with that. <laughs> 
Then if one of somebody so much stuff is lying around, it put like one bullet in the back of like a, a gas tanker, and the whole thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of explosions for like yeah, seven rounds because it's a loop. I'm a guy, you know, bring him down in one shot. You hear me? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, then gets involved when uh, Fujiko shows up at Scotland Yard to get the other half of the poster. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very obvious. Okay, this woman's Fujiko. It's like, oh, she's leaning forward. Oh, she's like, oh, please, can't you help me, Mr. Um, Lestrade. Lestrade. And he's like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess. Yeah, okay. With the other half of the, the poster, which uh, Zenigata's like, I fucking knew it. I've got fucking, I've got some sort of ninja fucking um, handcuffs that I can catch you with. But um, she gets away. Hot. Yeah, she just... Shakes her wrist and they fly off. It does. She doesn't have to resort to false arms and all the stuff Luke had does to escape. I presume he was. He, he was. She was picking the lock while Zenigata was spouting his generalness. You know. Nah, it was fucking sweet, which is what just goes fucking backwards out the window and discards the wig and shoots the grappling hook in one fluid motion. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Meanwhile, so... uh, Sherlock Holmes is picking up. Small girl from school. Yeah, twelve years old. I think that they say she is. She's secondary school. Mm. She's at. Yeah. Uh, Lily and uh, takes she. They live at Mrs. Hudson's. Uh, they're they're the favorites of the people in the neighborhood. Yes. They're just like ah, oh, come on over for dinner, guys. You're also sound out. Who's missing from this picture? Who's missing from this picture? What picture is put down in Sherlock Holmes' off fucking office? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Mm, yes, but when they run off to investigate, when there's an explosion at uh, Scotland Yard, uh, Mister Hudson says it's almost like he's back. Uh, and I was like, okay, are we? They want us to think that it's Watson who's missing. Yeah. But is this Watson being Sherlock Holmes? Because. I assumed that was Watson's kid, and that's, or at the very least, that's what they're trying to imply. Yes. And Uncle Holmes is going to take care of his dead friend's kid, but like, yeah, there'd be interesting things because, like, initially, um, she says to Holmes, "It's kind of like, oh, it's almost she could be your partner one day," and he's like, "Don't fucking go there," you know, yeah. just like. Well, maybe it is, as we know, Sherlock Holmes would have to live with his boyfriend Moriarty in the Swiss Alps, so <laughs> someone's got to take up the mantle. Yeah, and then yeah. pass it down to generations. <laughs> so he's Sherlock Holmes the third, or Sherlock Holmes the third. Who knows? Yes, uh, <laughs> and she, he's he's fine taking her to an exploding Scotland Yard to check if Lestrade's okay. But when he glances the presence of Lupin the third, she he sends her on a wild goose chase to Lestrade while he pursues Lupin. That was a good bit as well. It's like I need you to get this to Lestrade. I've, I've got something else I got to take care of. This is very important, Lily. And she, and Lestrade's just like. Uh, and what's it say? And he's like, turns it around, like nothing. This is a blank piece of paper that was in an envelope. <laughs> oh. So Lily's mad and chasing him up. Uh, she reconvenes with him while Lupin is doing a motorcycle jump away from an explosion because you know it's Lupin. I mean, I don't, I don't need to set that up, do I? That's just standard. You will know him by his calling card. <laughs> and he says very slowly for flying through the air in slow motion on a. Or very quickly uh, while flying through slow motion on, on an explosion motorbike propelled thing, it's like, "Hey, you're really grown up, Lily." And but he her, says it more Sherlock sinister Holmes. than that, though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was going to say Sherlock hey, hey, Holmes. Hey. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is kind of like, Argh. and Lily's so, screaming in terror at the yes. sight of Lupin the Third. 
Um, so it, it's definitely implying a lot of fucking shit, and so I'm here for it's it. De- it's definitely going to be. It's going to they, they have this haunting vision of seeing like a framed doorway. Maybe it's on fire back there. It's a dead body on the ground. A pistol in hand, standing over it, covered in blood. He looks at them. It's Lupin the Third. He obviously must have done this, but it's going to be mitigating circumstances that they are not aware of. So let him to do that. Yeah, yeah. Or he did do it. <laughs> but, you know, at times, what they did is um, in part five as well as that. There was that, remember that bit from like, oh, you know, Lupin is the kind of a jokey guy. He's just gotten on tw- at Twitter. One follow him on Twitter. He's, he's been wacky. And then there was like. Um, those like street punks trying to have a go at him. And he's just fucking on the phone saying, I'm like a wacky fucking jokey thief, man, but I'll put a fucking bullet in your head if you get in my way, motherfucker. I'm, I'm a yeah, criminal. Yeah. Don't mess around with me. So, so maybe sure that edge is keeping back in. Yeah, it, it's definitely like implying that that edge is absolutely there and that he's done some nasty shit. Um, really good opening. Um, I did I did like it, just it kind of setting up by implying uh, a mystery, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. The backgrounds do occasionally look a bit like Google Street View, though. Uh, but mm. at the same time, at least that makes it look like London, as opposed to things like yeah, the yeah. Professor Layton TV show, which tries to look like London, but because it's doing drawings and they're inconsistent, it never feels like London. Mm. It's uh, kind of collapsing, collapsing all English cities into like one into one place. It's all getting pulled in like into a black. Yeah, area. or well, they would often like show you like a shot of the Thames with a few recognizable buildings, but then when you like, there's enough buildings which aren't recognizable if you've been to London that you go, it just doesn't quite look right. Whereas there's bits in here where I was like, I'm pretty sure you might be able to trace the chase uh, through the streets. Yeah, no, that's what I was seeing. I was like, I feel like this is a route because then they go back along it again. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, just, I feel like just I'm so you know, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we did, we, 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 we don't take photographs when we're on holiday. Check this out. There was yeah. um, there was a few shots as well um, when he's doing the initial bit with Albert, I think, where he's kind of going around a corner, and I was like, this looks like a fisheye lens, like a Google fucking street camera, and it's just like kind of traced, not traced, but kind of copied from it, is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's as well, like you know, because. Um, yeah, we're certain is now in London, so we're going to have all of our of our James Bond riffs just going at full yeah. door as well. Mm. Because we've had like the or kind of uh, Daniel Craig looking like dude from Part Four, where if you kind of like uh, thinking about that, <laughs> and a lot of yeah. like car chases and things been said in James Bond films and none as of late. So you know we got to like match them pound for pound in our own way, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. If it's just going to be in London, or whether they'll take trips to other parts of uh, the UK. Um, yeah, that could be fun. Um, or yeah. well, with the solo, but, but, the solo art episodes, whether they'll also go into other parts of the world like they did previously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's because okay, they're dealing with like an organization, uh, at least this one, which is, you know, it's controlled our British politics for the last like of uh, nearly a century. Uh, but are they under somebody else? Uh, is there some kind of like cross. Uh, thing going on, but, but because because you got Sherlock Holmes, because like Arsene Lupin, and famously like when they were they were kind of contemporaries in book form, and they had this unofficial like thing where they they fought against each other. So I'd say maybe like you know France would get visited at some stage. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wonder like you know <laughs> in a other Sherlock Holmes thing we've seen recently, you know what was the 
the hidden plot about the true purpose of the, of the, of the French Revolution and uh, Britain's <laughs> hand, Britain's involvement in that. So I wonder if you guys submit a kind of grand scale plan like that. Could be. Um, I, I also enjoyed um, the, was it MI6 showing up twice in the episode? It's like, yeah, we'll take the case from here. Yes. <laughs> Just being, the real is like, ooh, the guys are, t- they're going over your head in it. Yeah, yeah I don't know whether the G-men. Yeah, yeah, whether yeah. they'll be recur. I felt like they're going to be recurring. That the the redheaded one probably needed a stronger character design. If they well, they, do... well, they named him though. So they did. They just need, need to give him a name for for, for any case. I don't know. Uh, we should I mean, say like, could ex- he get replaced by our by our James Bond esque character from the last part as well? Like, yeah. hey, you've been fucking up cases left and right. I'm taking it from here. <laughs> uh, we should mention the explosion was caused when a mysterious masked man. Yes. Snuck into yes. Scotland Yards, attached a bomb to Lord Faulkner, and he blew up. Jeez, mm. like, like he just saw his eyes through like the grate in, in in the door, but they were like very intensely drawn out yes. of his eyes. You know, like, like definitely a lunatic on yes. the other side of that door. And he also, it was kind of like your man was drawn like a Lupin character, and then he was drawn as like here are actual human eyes drawn. Well, <laughs> like, I... those, those like intense like drawings yeah. from fucking uh, Tracks like a Moto days. You know, this yeah, dude yeah, yeah. is definitely a killer. It's just like the aura is emanating out of it. <laughs> He still yeah, felt yeah. like a loop. He felt like he's going to be like a, a huge guy as well somehow, just from seeing mm. his eyes. He's very tiny. You can push a box against the door yes. and peep in. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good episode. Very good opening. Uh, looking uh, forward to more. There's like a little comment in the preview about the Lupin makes about the beard. And I was like... Is he insinuating that this Sherlock Holmes is one of the two Sherlock Holmes the thirds from Lupin Part Two? Because <laughs> this isn't the first time Lupin's run into Sherlock oh, Holmes. Yes, that would uh, be excellent. Yeah, now yeah. one of them, one of them does sort of resemble the taxi driver in this episode. Um, oh, so if he was in disguise the whole time, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or it's just a little nod in design to um, <laughs> could be. Yeah, nothing. But having said that, given the ending of part five uh, and the general impression that they assume that every single thing that's happened to Lupin in cartoons has actually happened to Lupin. Um, <laughs> maybe, have... maybe they're going as well, like, you no, know, Sherlock Holmes is just a code name for whoever that tour of the greatest detective in the world is at that point in well, time in the world. Oh, and when you're at that level of the yes. of the Scotland Yard, you just you change your name legally to Lestrade. You just Can have no the only choice. one. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant like Lupin, because that's established in Green versus Red, that that is also a thing that is possible, that it is not always the same Lupin, it is just a guy who's decided to be cool and put on a jacket, um, <laughs> because that's all you need to do to be Lupin. Um, but yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, you don't get too much of Jigen's voice in this one. Uh, I think it says gotcha. He says like... Yeah, he says gotcha as he fires two fucking rocket launchers, which is great. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. that's a way to open. They take too long to reload. So you got, he's got to do it <laughs> like, like a fucking 16th century pirate and then just like fire it <laughs> off and throw, throw away, away that rocket launcher. It's spent. <laughs> Keep them all tucked into his waistband. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Gorman says absolutely nothing, but I mean, that's not unusual. So. He, just, yeah. well, he, he just shred a helicopter, you know, and you know, mm. that, he's, we've seen him do that before, but it seemed all the more impressive this time. It was just Literally cut I thought the it, ribbons. I thought when that poster was getting exactly cut in two, like they're going to go like fucking gore, man. What the hell are you doing cutting the poster? He's like, no, I didn't, man. That's the one thing I didn't cut. <laughs> I thought he was going to get a bollocking for it, but no. Uh, apparently, you don't have to wait too long for the Mamoru Oshi episode. That's episode four. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and then episode three is the Masaki Suji episode. So mm. I don't know whether they're going to be part of the ongoing plot or whether they're going to be. Uh... I think they mm. said the Mamoru Oshii episode is only going to have like three characters in it. Okay. Um, mm. We'll see what they do. You know, reason to wait for bated breath. But I think any Lupin in any form is reason to wait for bated breath, especially on the great reform has been on the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Righty-ho, that is it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more of the same on Tuesday. Is that right, Niall? Correct the mundo. Excellent. So we'll take our leave and say goodbye to you now. Bye-bye. Bye. On the wheat.